Let's get going. Uh, so we're continuing our gospel, the gospel you missed in youth group series, and tonight I'm going to be talking about what is faith. Uh, so this is, we're kind of pulling some of this material from Romans chapter three, and uh, a good like a quote that summarizes this, and just the gospel in general, is one that we've been using from David Platt. It is, the gospel is the good news that the just and gracious God of the universe has looked upon hopelessly sinful people and sent his son, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, to bear his wrath against sin on the cross and to show his power over sin in the resurrection so, so that all who have faith in him will be reconciled to God forever. So that kind of last part of the sentence, all who have faith in him will be reconciled to God forever is kind of that where we're going to concentrate on that. Uh, so just kind of start things off. Uh, has anybody watched College Game Day on Saturday mornings? I don't know if, it's, if we have it on pretty much any time we're at home. Caitlin and her pregnant phase has been all about college football for some reason. I still haven't figured that out. Uh, but there's this, yeah, she's beginning like extra boy. Uh, but there's like one segment on there that's like you had one job as the segment. And so they use it kind of like to poke fun at somebody that had like a simple task that they were trying to accomplish for the good of the team, but somebody managed to screw it up. Uh, so like example would be like a kicker needed to hit a field goal to win the game, but he totally shanks it. Sorry, sorry, Alabama. You might watch that game this week. <laughs> or like a punter fumbles before he punts. Or there's one on there recently. It was like a field crew was supposed to uh, fertilize the field, a football field before a game, and they put weed killer on it and killed all the grass. Uh, so if the thing is like you have one job, you need to do it well and get it right. Um, and so like as Christians, it could be said that we have one job, and that is just to have faith. And we may screw that up, but that is our one thing that we need to get right. Uh, the creator of the universe has freely given us grace to be made whole, forgiven of our sins, and check Christ's perfect son so that we can be high with him in righteousness for all eternity. And so he's done all the hard work, and all we have to do is simply just to have faith. Uh, we kind of overcomplicate things, and when you ask about faith, that brings a lot of emotional response from like, probably a different answer from all of us. Um, but tonight we're going to just look at what God told us about our one job so we can get it right and try to break it down as simple as we can. Uh, so tonight going to be another kind of interactive lesson where we're doing a lot of scripture reading. Um, on the back of your sheet there should be scripture references. So we'll just kind of go around the horn and when it comes your turn, if you don't mind, reading the verse and we'll keep moving through it. Uh, I listened to the podcast from the last time this lesson was given and it was... Kyle gave it, and it was me and Billy Swimming too there. Oh, yeah. So, like on the podcast, it's like me, like every third time going around. It's like Anna, uh, uh, yeah. Billy. <laughs> so, it's, it's funnier to, to listen to. So, a bigger group this time. Uh, so, what is faith? Uh, just as our, for horse perspective, the primary condition for receiving God's grace in the Old Testament Genesis 15 6. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. And it continues to be today, John six forty seven. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. Yeah. So the stories throughout all the Old Testament illustrate God's people's response to the faith. And some people did it really well. Like when we think of Abraham and his offering his son on the altar, some people really screwed it up like over and over again. But kind of people's response to God has always been kind of central in the theme. Um, the theme of Romans is that man is justified by faith apart from the law. Thankfully, we have that. Uh, could somebody read Romans 3, 28? For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And this biblical faith that is apart from the law has two basic dimensions. Uh, the first basic one is belief, which is 
the first dimension of biblical faith. So belief is a judgment of the mind that a particular idea is true, or we think of faith kind of just something like believing in the unseen. There could be different definitions that we come up with for that. Um, but essentially we take all the evidence that we have from the Bible, what we've been taught growing up, the world around us, kind of our inner thoughts, and we kind of have the ability just to put it all together and decide, is this true? And we can try to come up with our answer of, like, was Christ a liar, a lunatic, or a lord? So to build on that, this kind of dimension of saving faith means believing the truth of what Christ himself said in his own testimony. So John 6.47. Let's back up a little bit towards the top. And John twenty thirty. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Okay, and so in biblical terminology, this belief dimension of biblical faith is often represented by the words "believe that" as opposed to "believe in" or "believe on," which we're going to cover later. And we'll see that through several examples, such as Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And John eight twenty four. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am He. You will indeed die in your sins. And John fourteen. Don't you believe that I am the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. And John 11. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. All right. So, in mere Christianity, there's... Part of the section I taught was on faith, and when C.S. Lewis is talking about faith, he kind of ponders why people talk about practicing faith like it's a virtue. I think when he was an atheist, he was like, why don't people just say, I believe in that, or I don't? Like, shouldn't it be kind of black and white like it's a scientific hypothesis? Um, after we just look at, these, at the evidence and say, is this true or not? And he says, yes, that's partially true. Like, we should constantly look for truth. Um, but the human mind isn't completely ruled by truth. Uh, and so the de definition he use, uses for faith is believing in something your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. So even though we may have decided on the facts, there may be days where our moods are like more or less on fire for that thing, or we choose sometimes to believe it, and sometimes we kind of are able to ignore it. Because uh, there's always this kind of emotional side that's at a tug of war with our reason side so it's reason versus like emotion imagination uh, so the way he decided to illustrate this is an example of a kid learning to swim so say a kid knows that he can swim he naturally is gonna float on the water if he lets go of the flotation device and that uh, he shouldn't sink but when the instructor like first takes away the floaty and he's left on his own his reason doesn't necessarily take over. It may be that his like fright takes over and he is caused to drown. Um, so like we as Christians must learn to manage our moods as we go through tests. And so there's going to be times where it'd be easy to ignore the things we reason through. Uh, and there's could be times when our emotions get the best of us and we are able to ignore, kind of let go of the things that we've reasoned out. 
it's not often like in Christian faith that somebody's like reasoned out of faith. A lot of times it's just that they kind of fall slowly, slowly away or to choose to ignore it at different times when it's convenient. Um, so like in this example, I know there's, there's definitely times when I've managed to stay afloat in storms and other times when I've like sunk like a rock. Um, so it brings us to our first discussion, discussion question. Do you find the reason or the motion imagination more of a challenge to the belief aspect of faith? Is it like the facts that get you, or is it the, as you, as you go through your day, or? For a lot of people, faith is just only an emotional thing. It's like what they feel inside them, I would say. Probably more of an emotional thing. Yeah. I think I try to reason through all the things, all the issues that, that kind of crop up. The other component of faith that's coming, I think that is more dictated by an emotional state. By reason. Yeah. Acting on my faith. It's totally an emotional thing. Yeah. It doesn't happen because of that. <coughs> it's hard for me to imagine faith without one of those components. You know, like I feel like Right. It's both. My, my belief is very strongly founded on relevant way to put it but I was recently I've been putting I've been caught up in like the impeachment hearings and then like just looking at like what do you believe in those and like how that's affected by your worldview going into it and it's totally dependent on those of like what you believe before you heard all the evidence it's going to still be like how you hear it and what you think after is my perception of it and if you'll see that on different news stations like from the same testimony it'll be like two different things I think a lot of that is not on facts it's a lot of it's on emotion and it's totally driven by emotion i hope my faith isn't like that and it's totally through like a christian or non-christian worldview but it's that i'm open to faith and reason and i control my emotion and let it it put it all together i saw it was like day two of the impeachment hearing there were only people like more than a majority decided whether they thought he should be impeached or not i was like yeah i'm done here and then no minds are changed in the other side of it. But it is interesting to think about things like that or just other things in society and how the things that we reason should strongly influence the emotions that we have about things like that that are going on in the world or mm-hmm. you know, whatever else that should should allow us to like control those emotions in such a way that they would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I think a, a biblical example of emotions getting the better of the faith is like when Jesus was on the boat with his disciples and the storm came and they woke him up in the middle of the night because they were afraid that they were going to drown. Kind of like our example of the boy that was learning to swim and, when he drowned. And uh, he's like, why did you wake me up? And he's 
there's a storm, can you stop it? And he said, his response to them was, like, do you have no faith? And so, I guess, uh, it's kind of scary for us, but yes, we should have faith and we should be able to control those emotions. And that brings us to our second part of faith is trust. Uh, so belief is the first aspect and trust is the intention of biblical faith. Uh, so trust is the decision of the will to act upon what we believe. Uh, so this r- reminds me of the old song, Trust and Obey. Can anybody sing the chorus of that? Just kidding. Uh, l- last time I think Kyle wrote, wrote, read uh, the words to us. It really is good, like, good lyrics. Um, as, as Christians, we trust our time, possessions, abilities, and eternal destinies in the hands of Jesus Christ. I'm not sure who we're on, but could somebody read First Timothy 1? Timothy 1.12? Yes, please. So this whole aspect of using our time, possessions, abilities into the hands of Jesus Christ kind of reminds of the James 2, faith without works is dead section. And I think just another way to put that is just actions are a healthy byproduct of faith. Um, Kyle, I've heard him make a really good illustration of this before with uh, describing it as like hashtag activism. Uh, So people claim to be environmental activists just because they like may like a photo on Instagram that shows saving the rainforest or stopping pebble mine or stopping the use of, of plastic straws. But if all you do for that cause is to like, like it on Instagram, say you believe in it, then you're not really a very good activist. Like Greta Thunberg would be very disappointed in you. Um, so if it's really important to you, you should, it should take up your time, your actions and your resources. And it should, the actions are healthy byproduct of that faith and belief. So that leads us to the question of just like, what are we pouring our time or belief or eternal destiny into? Are we actively pursuing something or are we just kind of letting it hang in the balance like some people do? Um, I remember it being you know, really difficult in my first couple of years of medical school because uh, I no longer kind of made the time to be active in service projects or studies that I had previously been and kind of my faith had been immaturely built around um, kind of these organized service projects or organized activities and that based on this idea of works. And so I kind of know it just that it can be frustrating to feel uh, so split, to feel so split between practicing religion, the trust and obey part of faith, and then the um, trying to be a dedicated student. And um, Ryan, you're probably going through this now, but it can feel tough being pulled when you're sitting studying in so many hours of a day. But there'll come in more and more times where you can put those two things together and you'll find ways to trust. Uh, so in biblical terminology, this trust dimension of biblical faith is often represented by the phrase believe in or believe on. Uh, so could someone read Romans 10? Yeah. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And John 3. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have ever eternal life. It's hard to read it as I have memorized it. Yes. Yes. So we know that one. And will you read X10?
All right. So the power of faith does not come from faith itself, but from the Almighty, Holy, and loving God, and from the sufficient work of Jesus in whom our faith is placed. So faith produces obedience, and it's been said that a faith that saves is a faith that obeys. There's kind of these steps of belief that leads to trust and leads to obeying and producing. So the, the biblical pattern of salvation includes faith, Romans 3.25. And repentance. I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Confession. Whoever acknowledges me after others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whosoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. And uh, baptism, Acts 2. being around the church we've probably all heard this like faith repent confession baptism or like the steps and we say that this isn't like a set playbook of faith it's just kind of putting together the best like, verses that we have into the uh, into like a pathway to faith that we can like as modern day Christians can understand um, and I think that is important because our destiny hinges on our response and faith um, if anyone out here, out there, like listening on the podcast, hasn't responded biblically, like how we do it, and like we'd be more than willing to help you, or if anyone in this room would like help, also. Um, so that brings us to our close, which is just three truths about faith. Uh, our first truth is God is the giver of the gospel. Romans three. Is that me? I think so. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Yeah, so it's only through God. We don't justify uh, ourselves. It's only through him. Yeah. Uh, second truth about faith is that God is the gift of the gospel. Second Corinthians. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So... The gift of all this is that after being separated, we are united with God. So you, you can't take God out of salvation and still talk about God's gifts. Like we're not here for a prosperity gospel or gifts of this earth, their happiness. That's not. We're not here to make us feel better or those like secondary benefits like we often see in church in the South. Of um, the, you have potluck, you have friends, you um, get together. Maybe someone goes to church with helps you with your business. Um, the gift of the gospel is God Himself. And so like, the reason we're here every Monday night is to help each other with our faith and with getting this gift of the gospel. And that's, that's the reason we're here. Uh, God is the goal of the gospel is our third truth. And God's character is displayed in the gospel and he is glorified in our salvation. Romans 3. I've lost track. And John 12. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, 
save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I glorified it, and I will glorify it again. All right. Thank you, everyone, for reading. So through all this, we're just hoping to relieve the tension of the gospel that we as sinners can one day uh, be with the holy and perfect Lord. So we have that one job. Our two steps are believing and trusting. Let's all try to get it right. We can open up to some discussion now.